Welcome back to Meant to Be. I'm Julia, the founder of Ment Projects, a mentorship business rooted in innovation and collaboration. Meant to Be is a podcast series that features professionals from various industries and highlights the diverse opportunities that these fields have to offer. In our conversations, we really break down each step of our guests' academic and career journey from high school all the way to their current role. We look at the different challenges and decisions they faced that contributed to their growth and shows how their career is meant to be. In today's episode, we are joined by Katerina Thomas. I've known Katerina since high school and it has been such a pleasure watching her career flourish into what it is today. Katerina attended the University of Toronto for kinesiology. With a love for sports, anatomy, and medicine, Katerina had many career options, but like many of us, she found it difficult finding what career resonated the most with her. After volunteering in hospitals, Katerina was introduced to the medical sales industry and found that it incorporated many of her interests. Now, Katerina is thriving as a sales representative at a medical device company. But her career involves so much more than sales. It also brings in working with devices and having a strong presence in hospitals. When I learned about this industry from her, I knew I had to have her on the podcast to share her experiences. This career is such a unique and creative way to apply a kinesiology degree and bring in different passions, like sports medicine and healthcare. So now, telling us all about her journey and how it is meant to be, here is Katerina Thomas. On the Meant to Be podcast, we go through every single step of your journey in order to understand why it was meant to be and how everything's connected. We're going to start with what you wanted to be when you grew up and what you were interested in when you were younger. So what I wanted to be when I grew up um, was a doctor. That's what I was really interested in. I definitely wanted to get into the health field and help people. Um, I really saw myself in that role. I feel like that's kind of common with Mm -hmm. a lot of people also. Was there something in particular or was it just the idea of helping people? More so the idea of helping people and going more into pediatrics. I think I just had such a good experience with my pediatrician Mm. growing up. I, I loved it. He was my brother's pediatrician, really close with the family. So it always kind of inspired me at that point. And so then once you were in high school... What kind of steps were you taking to start this journey of pursuing medicine? Sticking towards the sciences. And I think that's what we also get told is, okay, if you want to get into medicine, if you want to get into healthcare, into physio, you're going to stick with the sciences and maths. When you started preparing to apply to universities, Mm -hmm. what programs were you looking at and what universities were you looking at also? So I actually didn't even know of my program which it, it was kinesiology mm-hmm. um at the university of Toronto I didn't know of kinesiology until grade 12 and throughout high school I was like okay what am I going to get into maybe health sciences mm-hmm. life sciences that's all that I was hearing just from um older students that I knew and just from hearing from universities and through high school and then once I hit grade 12 I took exercise science from there they taught us about anatomy and then that's when I like mm-hmm. fell in love with learning about the human body and um, kind of taking that route and then through that course is that teacher at the time he 
asked like have you ever heard of kinesiology and I didn't and that's when it completely sparked and it sparked like a month before applications to university were due that's interesting though that you didn't hear of kinesiology before because I feel like not that it's a trend but a lot of people are interested Mm -hmm. in it but maybe it was like around that time that people were starting to get into it yeah yeah wasn't that well known so out of life sciences health sciences kinesiology my my like heart and soul kept telling me kinesiology kinesiology Mm -hmm. it was also related to sports and whatnot as well which also interested me so you applied to kinesiology did you also apply to the life sciences and health sciences also I still applied at the time yeah okay so you had all these options Mm -hmm. and then how did you end up choosing specifically kinesiology at U of T as opposed to the other options that you gave yourself so after going um, and touring the campuses I think I applied at Western York and U of T mm-hmm. for all three and luckily luckily I got into all three um the one I wanted the most was U of T and again that got emphasized after touring the campus after mm-hmm. hearing about the program it's a much smaller program mm-hmm. compared to the other universities it's a bachelor of kinesiology rather than a bachelor of science and then doing the kinesiology program like this is more yeah like, specific it's a little bit more specific mm-hmm. and just what they offered on campus what they offered within the program I just fell in love with the courses with the mm-hmm. excursions that they provided mm-hmm. um and plus I always wanted to go to U of T I just found it a very prestigious campus and mm-hmm. it's very mm-hmm. well known throughout the world and again in Toronto which is yeah because then great. your your home base was already in Toronto mm-hmm. too so it was like more comfortable and everything yeah before we get into undergrad and your experience there I want to talk a little bit about how you were valedictorian of your high school. That's actually where we met, probably in grade 12, around this time that we're talking about when you were learning about all of these things. Um, So I feel like being valedictorian is a really big deal, especially for high school. I was valedictorian in elementary school, and that was like the biggest thing for me. So <laughs> hey, it's I, a big thing. It's a big yeah. thing. <laughs> so I was wondering if that was something that you were working towards. It actually wasn't. I had no idea. I think it just came off of maybe how I how I treated everyone throughout high school and just being so involved. And I know high school is very known just for being so cliquey. But honestly, like kindness at the end of the day is all we need to give. And everyone's in the same boat. And going through your teen years is one of the most hardest times of your life mm-hmm. to find to find yourself and to meet your friends so mm-hmm. I don't know I think I just I just blended in nicely with a lot of people and I got to know a lot a lot of people throughout our year and I was involved in sports I was involved in um, music mm-hmm. and like the jazz band and um, some clubs as well so I think it was more just like an all-around um, boost that helped helped me get there but I really yeah I really didn't have any I'm not surprised that you're saying that. I feel like because you made an effort to get to know everyone. So I feel like being valedictorian ended up coming really naturally to you. Sometimes in some schools, valedictorian ends up being like the most studious student, Mm -hmm. like the the one with the highest grade. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of based off of marks. But in our case, I feel like it was who everybody felt connected to because that's who they want to represent our grade like talking mm-hmm. for us at graduation yeah it was a real honor yeah. yeah looking back and everything and it was definitely very special mm-hmm. in addition to being kind and connected like how you're talking about I feel like it also takes a lot of leadership skills and that's something that a lot of people 
work towards in high school and also in university mm-hmm. because the more leadership experience you have, the more doors it opens for you. You can start volunteering or working in other areas. It's also mm-hmm. like great on applications. So I'm wondering also if that was a big asset for you, your leadership skills and maybe how you develop that as well. Yeah, I, that's a really good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, I always kind of found myself being in a leadership position, but in a way that I don't want to be placing people in a certain way, mm-hmm. more so showing by example in that sense. Um, but I was involved a lot in like in like being a counselor, both in high school and then in all the camps I did in U of T, which I which I'll tell you about for sure mm-hmm. when we get there. I love how you said setting by example as a leadership skill because I've never really. I mean, I feel like I could recognize that in people, but it's interesting because sometimes I feel like people might think leadership as in... Like bossy. Yeah. Yeah, which I hate. Like, I don't like when people try and take that bossy role because it kind of, it sets it sets a tone of someone being a superior and someone being an inferior. Yeah. And I don't think anyone should be at that level. It's like, of course, some of us have, like, maybe a different skill or they're higher in one skill compared to another so mm-hmm. they can teach in that sense mm-hmm. so I think leadership is kind of falls in line with teaching mm-hmm. and then the learning that follows within that yeah mentoring yeah mentoring <laughs> there we go that's I love like it <laughs> I know I love I love the word mentorship that's why it's called men yeah. because it just brings everything together that's awesome Okay, so then do you also feel like these experiences helped you get into university too? Um, Were these things that you kind of highly indicated on your Mm -hmm. applications? Yes, for sure. Um, Because I know within kinesiology at U of T, it's such a small program that they, I think they only take about 200, 250 people, or at least when when I went. That Mm -hmm. was back in 2014. Um, So within my application talked a lot about my sport involvement talked a lot about music involvement again grades of course mm-hmm. um and extracurriculars because they want to see students as a whole rounded mm-hmm. individual right um rather than just in the books because they want to see how you connect with others it's a big it's a big emphasis on personality can you tell us a little bit more about what it was like being mm-hmm. in this program and specifically at U of T yeah so within kinesiology at uft they really formed a family vibe and the same culture so when i went to the program i was like wow i'm surrounded with like 249 other students that are just like me Mm. we all kind of had the same values shared same goals same interests and it was so easy to make friends so reaching into this one program that kind of brought everyone together it was called the outdoor projects and this happened before frosh week that they would send up that whole year so let's say it's for the first year students the first year students would go up for a week or so i think it's five days um before frosh and you're at a camp in muskoka and you're doing all these camp things like kayaking canoeing hiking mountain biking and um the counselors are the third and fourth Mm -hmm. years of the program so it's like you're also connecting one with your first year fellow students that you're going to be spending the year with or the next four years with and you have your upper students upper year students and you connect in that sense and it really it really tied you into the community before school even started so I think that was one of the biggest pulls that brought me into UFT because I I heard from some other programs it's it's not as family oriented I Mm, guess in that sense for kinesiology specifically 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really, I was really craving that sense of community. Yeah, because I, I was going to ask about that too, because U of T has a stigma of mm-hmm. being a very competitive, high pressure mm-hmm. school, whether it be a high failure rate for certain courses or um, competition between your peers. A lot of people have this idea that it's hard to find that camaraderie mm-hmm. and support at U of T. So it's interesting that the kinesiology program offers something like completely opposite to that. Whether that stigma is true or not, it definitely seems like it's not for kinesiology. And it's actually like a huge effort to give the exact opposite effect. It does. Yeah. It is really true. And that's what I heard as well compared to some of the other larger programs, of course. Mm -hmm. I didn't have friends in my electives that was not in my program. And they were like, wow, you're so lucky to be in your mm-hmm. program I don't have this kind of connection in mind and they end up switching programs they switch schools to try and find that mm-hmm. connection that they want rather than getting it off the bat past getting comfortable mm-hmm. with everybody what were the actual courses that you were taking um and just kind of like the day-to-day life yeah. um so it, it again reflecting back on what you said about U of T being competitive and mm-hmm. um it's a bit of high a harder, pressure, yeah, high yeah. pressure. So you, you, I did still feel that within mm. within my four years. Um, also, just adjusting from a high school to university, where, wherever you go, you're gonna feel that difference mm-hmm. on type of learning. Okay, how how am I learning? How am I studying? What am I gonna change to make it better? Mm-hmm. So I still did feel that high pressure of U of T, but I utilized my again like your TAs. You go to your profs office hours. Mm-hmm. You utilize study groups with friends. It took me a while to catch on to a way to learn mm-hmm. um i say my first year i spent the whole year adjusting to try and figure out what is the best way for me to learn um as for courses i absolutely love them um again from the first and second year courses it's more general more broader mm-hmm. um like anatomy for instance whereas in your third and fourth year courses it's more specified there's smaller classes maybe about like 20 30 students in a class such as ergonomics so okay. it really ranges from bigger classes in your early years to more condensed smaller classes more specified in your later years and then how do you start choosing those electives what are the different subsections in third and fourth year i think there was there were sections it's like you're gonna go more of like the culture-based classes like physical cultural studied mm-hmm. bases on like the sports culture or you'd get more into the science based of mm. doing more in-depth biomechanics so going more of like the arts versus the science mm-hmm. roots within kinesiology okay i understand yeah. you mentioned how it's a bachelor of kinesiology mm-hmm. and then how do you feel like that was more advantageous to a bachelor of science and then having a program in kinesiology I feel like Bachelor of Kinesiology is very specific. Is it harder to branch out from that as opposed to like branching out from a Bachelor of Science? Kinesiology and sports science is just becoming so much more developed and well-known mm-hmm. compared to 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So I feel like it's, yeah, it is more specified, but I think it's on such an incline to today's society and how it's been implemented. That makes sense. Like it's specified, but it's also still such a broad field. Yeah. If you're going into something remotely related to kinesiology, you might be a better candidate with a Bachelor of Kinesiology Mm -hmm. because you're an expert basically at it. As opposed to a Bachelor of Science, you're not necessarily an expert in kinesiology. 
So you would be more competitive in those fields that still have so many different job opportunities. So then I'm wondering, what were you thinking for your post-grad experience? (laughs) Lost. (laughs) Lost. One word, lost. Um, Yeah, I really didn't know. Like I had so many friends that were going into teaching, for instance, Mm -hmm. Um, going into physiotherapy, going into like um, becoming a chiropractor, um, going into insurance, mm-hmm. going into med school, going into massage therapy. Like there's, there's, it, it's a good course. Sorry, it's a good program mm-hmm. because you can segue into a lot of different routes. But none of those were really what I wanted to end up doing. Oh, and also research. I, I did research in my undergrad and I rolled that out really fast. I did oh, okay. not like the research route. Um, so I'm happy I got to experience it and mm-hmm. um, be exposed to it. And I know I'm, I didn't like it, so I got rid of, rid of that option. That's okay. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people do do research at yeah. some point and usually in undergrad and it's a good indication whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. And usually people know right away, yes or no, I don't like it. Yeah. So that was, that, that ruled that out. And mm-hmm. then, um, volunteering at the hospital and whatnot, um, I got a chance to, I guess, shadow doctors mm-hmm. and shadow nurses and shadow um, resident students mm-hmm. and ask them a lot of questions. And that also ruled out interest in not wanting to go into medicine. Mm. Can we go into that? Yeah. So for your volunteering, where did you volunteer and was it during your undergrad? It was after my undergrad. Okay, so mm-hmm. this was kind of when maybe you were still thinking about very, medicine. Yeah. Because, yeah. yeah, then going back to the very first question that we opened this up with was you were interested in medicine. Mm-hmm. So um, you went into kinesiology because you kind of found a passion for it in high school. But I guess was your your future thought process was that it could still lead you to medicine? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because it, is, it was proof. Like I had a friend that was um, in kinesiology and they got into med school. So if I know you could segue into mm-hmm. it, of course. Mm-hmm. Um but I think once getting exposed to it and once seeing the lifestyle, once seeing experience or hearing experiences, it was just uh, big turnoffs for me. But yeah. when I was younger and I thought of medicine, it's because being a doctor was just all I knew about the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Like I did not know how large the healthcare system is and how involved you can be without being a doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. So I think when I was younger and I was like, oh, I want to be a doctor. It's because it's like I loved healthcare. I wanted to help people in the long run like I'm very empathetic and caring I want to be there for people and I thought that was the main route yeah <laughs> and then once being exposed and hearing about all these other opportunities and possibilities of getting within the healthcare system that flipped a switch but I was still confused mm-hmm. but that's really good though that you didn't go straight from undergrad into applying for med school and going into med school it's nice that you gave yourself the opportunity to experience it firsthand and really make sure do I like this or not to commit the next five to ten years there are people that that do go through Mm -hmm. med school or they try a little bit and then they they don't like it yeah they get exposed and and whatnot but Mm -hmm. it, it depends it really really depends on like what you're interested in what the calling is where did you volunteer and also how did you get into it so I this was right after I graduated mm-hmm. um, I didn't know if I was going to go apply to grad school I didn't know if I was going to apply to full-time work 
I was just going to ride the wave for a bit, kind of just give myself a little break. Mm-hmm. So I was spending time working, of course, on the side, and then mm-hmm. I was uh, volunteering at Mount Sinai Hospital. Okay. So I got into it just through the volunteer application, and within that, they placed me somewhere that interested me. So I was either going to go maternity or go into something orthopedic. Mm-hmm. And after talking with the lady at the volunteer services, we decided, okay, let's do something in orthopedic. And then something opened. And it was in the orthopedic and sports medicine clinic. I was like, this is perfect. So after um, volunteering in there, I got to connect with some of the surgeons, um, the physician assistants, a lot of the residents and fellows that come by. And from there, it really started to develop open doors and open eyes mm-hmm. to wow there's so much more in the healthcare field than what I thought okay yeah they're the ones that because they saw me like we would talk again when we had the chance in between patients and mm-hmm. um it came it honestly just came up one day they were like hey have you ever heard of medical device sales I'm like no what's that and then from there they told me all about the industry that's amazing that your volunteer position was able to help you make such great connections and open so many doors for you once you were introduced to the medical sales industry how did you go on to explore more about it so after again being first exposed and learning of this new Mm -hmm. whole industry that i had no idea about my whole life um went home did my own research Mm -hmm. um i saw how big it is it's absolutely massive especially in the states because again it's private healthcare system mm-hmm. um and then from there um the individuals that told me about it they ended up connecting me with some of the managers um of some of these companies to get to talk to and learn more about the industry as a whole um okay. on that side of things was the application process difficult or was it pretty standard just um like applying and going through the interview process as well? I'm quite standard. Yeah. Um, you still apply, do interviews, um, seeing if the fit's right, mm-hmm. of course. So, yeah, quite quite a standard process, but tricky to find the opportunities mm-hmm. because these opportunities don't come up as often as I would think. Mm, so um, then did you find them through, like, the surgeons and physicians that you were talking to at the hospital or just through like web searches both okay yeah yeah you were eventually hired into the industry and you are currently working at a medical sales device company can you tell us a little bit more about your role i do sports medicine and orthopedics so i am essentially selling sports medicine um implants and instruments that help to go into these patients so for example an acl of reconstruction Um, They use our screws or they use our implants to help fixate the new ACL for that patient. Okay. So touching upon sales, that is another, I think, big part of my past with my jobs I have worked. I really do like the whole selling aspect and connecting with clients or connecting with customers and selling a product. Mm -hmm. Um, I really have a drive for sales. I'd say I think that I absolutely needed that combined with my science background to be part of this industry. So this industry, they really like individuals who have either a business background or they have a science background. Um, And then again, selling may come just naturally or I'll just develop over time, of course. Mm. So it's a good mixture of both. I'd say half and a half. Can you tell us more about how the process of the sales go as well? whatever we represent so again touching back 
on instruments or implants or um, the systems that they need to use to do and perform surgery. Mm -hmm. um, that's what I sell mm -hmm. and that's what I represent. So again, that can range from beds that patients lie on. It can range from band-aids. It could range from absolutely anything that goes into a hospital. There has to be a representative mm -hmm. to sell and provide it to that hospital. So I always thought, okay, medical sales, pharmaceuticals, you walk in somewhere with a briefcase and you're going to show the doctors, you're going to show the, the nurses your newest and best device or newest and best medicinal <laughs> device. Mm -hmm. and, and then they sell on the spot. Here you go. Okay, deal's done. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily like that. It's more so contract based mm -hmm. my presence within the hospital i'm i am in the or mm -hmm. in the operating rooms during surgery and i help support um, the nursing staff i help support the nurses i help support the surgeons with our implants with our instruments and with our um, devices i think that's so interesting it's so mm -hmm. interesting how you can position yourself in the operating room um, without being a doctor and this kind mm -hmm. of goes back to how you were talking about how when you were younger mm -hmm. you envisioned the healthcare system and the only position that you really thought of was being a doctor because that's how you thought you were going to get into these areas in the hospital and positions mm -hmm. but you're actually doing something completely different but you still have that access do you feel kind of like your interest in healthcare and all the passion that you had for it do you feel like that's fulfilled with the job that you have now even though it's not a doctor yeah I feel very fulfilled and I, I get like angry sometimes that I wish I knew about this industry sooner because mm -hmm. I could have gotten into it sooner or I could have done more to push myself into it way faster mm -hmm. I feel so happy too because at the end of the day I'm helping the patient's outcome again with our products that we create and we sell it's going to go into that patient or it's going to like the surgeons using it to help the patient live a better life. So again, it just all goes back to one, I'm helping the patient live a better life, have better outcomes, um, living it to their fullest potential, of course. And then two, I'm building relationships and that's what I'm really fond of my whole past. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm very sociable, very personable. I really like creating relationships, creating friendships maintaining them and keep building them and especially within this industry they like the i don't know it, your relationships are very important mm -hmm. because let's say you're in a hospital for like 15 years okay you're gonna know that nurse for 15 years mm -hmm. and you build up such a nice friendship and you're there supporting each other and you build accountability you build credibility they count on you they trust you and I think that's another really important part. And again, the third part, um, maintaining that selling. And me personally, I get very bored easily. So I needed a job for my future that is always going to keep me on my feet. Mm -hmm. um, my day-to-day -day really varies. Um, I'm Whenever there's a surgery, I am at that surgery. But sometimes the days may finish short. Sometimes they may be extra long. So I may have some other time to do other work like um, fixing repairs or creating loaner equipment um, it really ranges you talk a lot about how you didn't know about this industry very well early on and you wish you did for students who are either in kinesiology or something similar whether it's in science or business mm -hmm. like you also mentioned 
how can they get more exposed to this industry and how could they possibly get involved in it? Um, I'd say gaining sales experience early mm-hmm. will get you much farther faster. Mm. So you again, whether you're coming from a science background, a business background, even if you have retail experience, even if you have like any any form of sales experience, that little bit will push you ahead. Because mm-hmm. um, again, for myself, I had like years of retail experience, um, but I did not have any, of course, medical sales experience, but it did help me learn faster. Mm-hmm. And how is the sales industry? Because I actually think about it and I kind of get intimidated by it because I feel like there's going to be a lot of days that kind of feel like defeat if you're kind of always hearing a no you're trying so hard to sell something and if people are saying no I'm not interested or maybe later I think there is that aspect to sales and I feel like it can be very daunting and some days can just feel like really low do you experience that the, the hard days will they, they definitely come um, but it's just a matter of grit I think that has helped me and your team that you work with so again, you are very individual, but you work as a team together. And I think that's so important because I was mentored by the most phenomenal colleague and he's brought me to where I am today and at the pace I've gotten at. So I like dedicate everything to him because he's he's mentored me and he's he's trained me up. So I think having him help me every day or when I'm at a low or let's say I mess up because it's inevitable that we're going to mess up on something um, and you're going to feel at such a low you're going to want to give up so I think having a growth mindset and having grit plays such 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 an important role because there are hard days and when you say hard days doesn't mean like the days where you're just constantly getting a no um, or you're feeling like you you're not making the sale and it kind of just feels like there's no hope is that what you mean by a hard day um, not necessarily so like the sales each sale is basically each surgery mm-hmm. so the sales are there mm-hmm. um more sales come when there's more innovative product that comes mm-hmm. and that's why i also like this um industry because it's it's always you're always learning mm-hmm. there's always going to be a new product there's always going to be new technology mm-hmm. and you're always going to want to sell those new items when they come mm-hmm. so again touching back on the hard days Mm -hmm. it's more so balancing all of these different issues that may go wrong let's say an implant fails or let's say technology breaks down and you have to fix it and you're balancing two OR rooms with another hospital that you have to run to in time and then a nurse you have to train and then Mm. an implant you have to bring in and running around with your car kind of going everywhere those days are I'd say the hardest because you're trying to manage like 10 things at once Mm. so it's a lot of I guess you have to prioritize that Mm -hmm. that comes into play yeah it's definitely I feel like it's also for like a certain personality too if you like being like on the go exactly Yeah. yeah and having your mind like busy sometimes I feel like when you finally have time to relax it just feels so much more earned because you were so busy but at the same time it could cause burnout or Mm -hmm. um you might not have that time to relax (laughs) and then when you do you just like 
it's, defeat. Yeah, you, you can't <laughs> surrender. Even, yeah, you can't even feel like the the appreciation because yeah. you're so yeah. tired. So there definitely yeah. needs to be a balance. But but that like go 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 that uh, again like it's it's for the people that want this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You just have to like know what you can handle and kind of what gives you energy. Yeah, because it, it I don't know it's kind of like counterintuitive. You think it takes away energy, but having these drives. And when things go so right and they feel so good, it like pushes you even farther ahead. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's again, there's so many wins to the job when it's a hard day. Mm-hmm. You're, it's, it's like when it's successful, it's so good. And also, what is your advice on finding a career path that you're passionate about? Because I know that you went through that time where you felt really lost. Mm-hmm. And so what would you give advice to someone who's kind of feeling that way and listening in now i say give yourself time mm-hmm. um i think especially our generation generations now that are going through high school like your undergrad you are feeling pressurized it could be from external factors it could be from internal factors like you you you, you may just feel like you need to follow a certain step in a certain route and just know that you do not have to that's why after my undergrad I'm like I'm just gonna take some time because I don't know and I forgot to mention before I was this close to applying to my to a graduate degree in the UK mm-hmm. and I was either it was, I remember it was January 1st I was like okay I'm either applying this month or I'm gonna go apply for these medical sales jobs and then I ended up getting the job not applying I was like I'm gonna give it a year in the job if I don't like the job I'm gonna go apply yeah that's the thing you can yeah. always school is always there yeah, it's always there yeah but some opportunities some job opportunities may not come back yeah so, so i'm like i'm gonna give it a try and luckily i loved it yeah the other good thing is i can always add more schooling on top of me mm-hmm. i can maybe when timing is right maybe i want to go get an mba mm-hmm. maybe i want to get another master's degree under my belt i can mm-hmm. do part-time online mm-hmm. so it's like school like you said there's it, you can always get more schooling. You can always have more education. Mm-hmm. So I'd say, yeah, the biggest advice is just give yourself time and like don't let anyone push you into something you're not ready for, you're not 100%, mm. because time is the biggest factor in life, or at least it's the biggest factor in my life. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel like time is such a big concept. I hear so many times that people say, oh, like I have to stay in this program because I already did two years in it or I need to apply to this right now because if I don't, then I'll start it when I'm 25 instead of 22 or whatever the case is. And it's just, it's not always true. It's such a construct and I feel that if you do give yourself time, it's okay and it's okay to change things and you don't have to worry about the lost time it's okay to take a break and feel like you're not wasting time because you're going to be learning things Mm -hmm. during that period that's going to lead you to where you're meant to be i love it i love it (laughs) and i feel like that's what happened with you because you didn't go into a graduate program or med school straight after kinesiology you got to volunteer and then that's where you met all these people that then showed you the field that you've been in now for how many years has it been it's gonna be three years february yeah you're still so early in your career so i'm wondering what your hopes are for your future career development and what you hope to achieve so that's a good question Mm -hmm. luckily within this industry there's so much opportunity 
So again, you're either on the field or you're off the field. Um, you can go corporate, you can get into management, you can get into marketing. It's a global company too in a lot of these medical devices and pharmaceuticals, they're, they are global. Mm. Um, then you can travel. Like I'm basically at a point where I'm getting my sales experience and even having two, three years of sales experience, five years is amazing under your belt going into a next stage within that industry pushes you so much farther again mm-hmm. getting sales experience is so important mm-hmm. but i'm not i'm not sure um if i want to get into management one day if i want to get into mm-hmm. the training side if i want to get into marketing i'm not sure mm-hmm. we'll see maybe like there are reps that just stay reps as well mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. love it because mm-hmm. again you you maintain those relationships those connections for x amount of years and you're again doing the same thing, but again, it's not the same thing because every day is so different. Yeah. Every year is so different. And all the products are so different that all the innovation that comes up. So I don't know. It's just good to know that there that there is opportunity within my company and within the industry to move up mm-hmm. if I do want to. Yeah. Well, it seems like you're really open to anything too, because you talked about how you could always go back to school and do mm-hmm. something. Um, to essentially enhance what you're doing right now, not necessarily changing your path, but just allowing you for more experience and more skills to help you yeah. in your career. Well, Katarina, it's been very nice having you here today. I feel like you've probably opened a lot of minds to what's out there because I didn't know about this field and this career path until you told me what you were doing and I just thought that it was so interesting you had to talk about it today (laughs) thanks Julia so thank you for being here I can't wait to share this and I know that you're going to be able to help so many more people than you already are just by talking with us today oh thank you so much thank you so much to Katerina for coming on meant to be I really appreciate her sharing everything from her positive to challenging experiences in her career. It was so interesting to hear how she navigated the feeling of being lost and then becoming involved in the medical sales industry. It's so refreshing to learn of the many opportunities within the healthcare field, how you can combine different interests and still get to work in environments that excite you like the OR room. Next week, we will have a guest from a media production background who transitioned to working in a tech startup. It is a very interesting career path with lots of insightful experiences, so make sure to tune in. In the meantime, follow us on Projects on all social media platforms for updates and more mentorship resources. Thank you so much for listening.